You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy Sosa Kermenges, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome back to your midweek Wednesday edition and episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning back in with me for another episode while we are in the middle of the NFL's free agency week and Wednesday, aka today, is a big day for the Rams and for every NFL team because there are two things that have significance on this day. First of all, it is the new league year, the official beginning of the new league year for the NFL, which means the Los Angeles Rams can officially announce the trade for quarterback Matthew Stafford, as well as obviously shipping out quarterback Jared Goff. And not only that, but every single NFL team is going to have to get under the salary cap, which has been set at $182.5 million. And the Rams were able to accomplish that yesterday with a boatload of moves, most of which were restructures. And we're going to dive into that in this episode, as well as two more free agents that the Rams lost to other teams in the market. We're going to dive into some names that I think are left over in the market that makes sense for the Rams, current free agents, guys that could be potential Rams at some point in time, maybe not soon, but over the next few weeks, if their markets do not develop, the Rams could ultimately kick the tires. And then we're going to wrap it all up with a few more draft prospect pre-draft interviews for the Rams. One name that keeps coming up, someone we're obviously going to have to look out for as we move closer to the draft. But to begin, the Los Angeles Rams lost two more pieces of their team one of which was running back Malcolm Brown, who did sign a deal with the Miami Dolphins. We don't know the price tag. I don't even think we know the years of that deal just yet, but things were trending in this direction. I think the Rams feel very good about their running back position, their running back room right now. Obviously, they spent a premium pick on Cam Akers, who developed last season and really towards the end of the season, captured that running back one role. And he looks primed to be not only the running back one for the Rams, but a guy that could be ultimately viewed as, you know, someone like a superstar across the league, someone who's very good, obviously very talented, can do it all coming out of the backfield. Someone I think is going to break a thousand yards with relative ease next year if he can stay healthy, maybe even edge closer to that 12 to 1500 yard mark. You know, this is a guy with so much talent. There's no surprise that the Rams did move on from Brown. He's a former undrafted free agent, a guy who is a plodding running back, not very fast, actually very slow to be quite honest with you, not very agile, but a guy who's willing to play special teams, was the best blocker on the team, and a nail of a player. I mean, this guy was super tough, short yardage, goal line style of back, a typical bruiser, somebody who has been a team player for the course of the last four seasons for the Rams, never really heard a peep out of him, never complained. All he did was show up, put in his work, averaged over four yards per carry for the Rams last season, and now he goes to a room in the Miami Dolphins franchise where he could ultimately win some you know, playing time, and not only that, but some good reps, some good quality touches, and I think ultimately that's a good thing for Brown and both the Rams because, like I mentioned, they do have Akers, they have Daryl Henderson who emerged last season as well while Akers was injured, and they have some other guys who they also like on the roster, some guys who weren't drafted that they did sign as undrafted free agents, guys like Xavier Jones, as well as Raymond Calais, so the Rams are well set at the running back spot, and this does place them in a position to potentially get another compensatory draft pick. Now, I did mention a few moments ago that we don't know the price on this deal. We don't know the years on this deal, so it's hard to project 
what the Rams may be able to get out of this deal. Probably something very late, if anything at all. Maybe something in the range of a seventh round compensatory pick. But, you know, everything counts, especially when you're the Rams. You know, Lesney likes to deal some of those picks for veteran players. And I'm not saying he's going to do it now, but that could come into play maybe next offseason when the Rams have what appears to be, you know, a fair number of compensatory picks coming into their draft hall. Another name that the Rams lost, edge rusher Derek Rivers, who signed with the Houston Texans. Once again, we don't have the numbers on that deal. Presumably something very small, probably not going to net the Rams a compensatory pick. But when you look at where they are right now, they did not add any outside free agents from their own team thus far, which won't affect their compensatory pick formula. Obviously, the only things they've done are retain Leonard Floyd on a four-year, $64 million deal and tender Darius Williams with a first-round tender tag while he was an RFA, so he's going to likely be coming back. But they did lose John Johnson, Samson Ebukam, Jake McQuaid, Malcolm Brown, and Derek Rivers, five players that could potentially all net them different kinds of compensatory picks. Now, we know John Johnson is very likely going to bring them back a fourth round comp pick most likely and then I think everyone after is going to be a little bit less but at the same time the Rams still have a boatload of free agents we're talking about many potential starters across the league guys like Josh Reynolds Gerald Everett who I think both are very likely on their way out potentially Austin Blythe we don't know if the Rams are going to bring him back just yet or not but he could be a starting center somewhere and Troy Hill another player who could start at cornerback for a lot of teams in the NFL I'm sure the Rams are still working their cap numbers, still working a lot of different things to try and bring some of these guys back. I think most likely Blythe and Troy Hill are the two main components of that. But at the end of the day, you know, they may price themselves out of the Rams range. They may get a deal that they just ultimately like somewhere else and decide to move on. And that is a part of the reason why the Rams are sort of just staying low key. They also have gotten under the salary cap just by way of restructures so far. We don't exactly know who they restructured or to what degree necessarily, but we do know that they did adjust a handful of contracts, some names that we will mention in the next segment, as well as finally being able to add Matthew Stafford to the team and finally act like you know he is a player for the franchise, which we have known for over a month now, it feels like. It's going to be interesting to see if the Rams do anything with his contract as well, in addition to the contracts that they did restructure, and we are going to highlight those names that they adjusted in the next segment. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. We've been telling you about the Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best with their Built Bar Madness-style tournament over at their website. You can look at the matchups on a daily basis. As of today, it looks like the Coconut Puff Bar and the Peanut Butter Bar are going to go against each other, and I'm an absolute sucker for anything dessert-related with coconut. I gotta go with the Coconut Puff Bar. Man, coconut is the most underrated flavor, but I do find a lot of people are very iffy on coconut. They either love it or absolutely hate it. And I guess now you guys know which side of the fence that I am on. And all you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com or to their Twitter at Built underscore Bar. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're covering everything you need to know about the NFL and the Los Angeles Rams, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. 
It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. It is your host, Sosa Kremenges, and we did talk about how the Rams continue to lose some of their exiting free agents in the first segment. And I did touch on just at the end there that the Rams were able to create a lot of cap space for themselves and actually get out of that massive hole that they were in somewhere in the range of negative 40-ish million dollars. And we talked about it so many times on this podcast over the last few months, over the last few weeks. It was done by way of restructures. And I wish I could give you guys exact figures as to which players and which numbers exactly were moved. But I can tell you that according to Ian Rappaport and some other names at the NFL Network, Omar Ruiz, guys like that, that the Rams were able to restructure a handful of contracts, one of which was cornerback Jalen Ramsey's contract, creating around $12 million of space, one of which was Robert Woods' contract for $8 million. And it sounded like the Rams were also working on Cooper Cup's contract, Aaron Donald's contract, and a name that we actually didn't really mention here, Andrew Whitworth. Now, we knew the first four names were very likely going to get restructured on my episode here with my colleague over at PFF, Brad Spielberger. He broke down all the names that we should look out for. He mentioned Jalen Ramsey as one of the names, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, both guys, as well as Aaron Donald. We expected all four of these guys to get restructured. It was very likely that they were going to get restructured, and I guess now it seems like the Rams went ahead with those moves. But in addition to that, the Rams also made a little bit of moves to Andrew Whitworth's contract. And I guess that does symbolize a very good thing in terms of his availability and intention to come back and play this season. He sounded like he was a little bit up in the air a few weeks ago. And specifically, I think last week when I mentioned it, he said something along the lines of, you know, I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to come back just yet. It depends on the salary cap situation because everything there is sort of fluid. And that was surprising to me because I thought it was almost a foregone conclusion that Whitworth was going to return. But now it sounds like, you know, with the restructure, the Rams pushing more guarantees into next year, into the following year, depending on how many years are left on his contract. All that does really is symbolize that he will be back this season. They wouldn't push back that guaranteed money and take some of their base salaries and turn them into guaranteed money for no reason at all. This obviously helps the Rams. They are now out of their cap hell, so to speak, where everyone thought they were kind of trapped and wouldn't be able to make moves. That's good. This does include the Leonard Floyd deal, I believe, as well as the Matthew Stafford deal. So the Rams really don't have to do any other maneuvering if they decide to stay put. Now, it's probably fair to expect them to make some moves. I did mention in the first segment that I still do expect and think that they will go after guys like Blythe and Troy Hill. I'm not certain that they return. They may not, but I do think at the end of the day, the Rams are still going to be in play for those guys. And if they can't get those guys, they may look elsewhere in the free agent market because there are still a bunch of good names available. And I want to run through some of the names that I think could be logical fits here. Some names that make sense, whether it be on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, guys that are maybe a little bit more cost effective, maybe some guys that are a little bit more expensive. You never really know what's going to happen on the free agent market. We went into this thing having an idea of who was going to be available. But over the last few days and pretty much every single day, you see guys getting cut across the league, left, right, and center, guys that could ultimately be options for the Rams, whether you look at not only from a cash perspective or a cap perspective, but a talent perspective, as well as players who were cut won't count against the compensatory pick formula. That's something that's very important to general manager Les Snead. He's talked about it so many times. They always value getting free extra picks. And 
players that are cut that you add to your team do not affect your formula. So if the Rams do ultimately go out and sign a bunch of players or one player or however many players that were cut, they won't count. They won't factor in against the players that they do lose. And I think that's a really good way and sort of like a hack or a cheat for the Rams to take advantage of right now like they have over the past few seasons. And a few names that come to mind, some of which were cut, some of which were not. Center Rodney Hudson, formerly of the Oakland Raiders, just cut yesterday. Arguably the best center still in football today. He's 32 years old, one of the best zone-blocking centers that we've seen pretty much ever in the NFL. The guy is absolutely dominant. I would love to see him added to the Rams. He wouldn't count against the formula. He was cut, and ultimately, he would be a huge upgrade over Blythe. Now, I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to make up that money because I do think Hudson can still demand a pretty penny. The guy's absolutely dominant and has not slowed down whatsoever. So that is obviously a big question mark and a big potential issue. But if the Rams want to really solidify that offensive line, I think Hudson could be a name to look out for. Now, there are a handful of other offensive linemen that I think should be in play for the Rams. Guards, Trey Turner, who was cut. Another guard from the Raiders, Gabe Jackson, also cut. Richie Incognito, another Raiders offensive lineman, that's three, also cut. Larry Warford, a guy that I've mentioned many times here, did not play this past season due to COVID, I believe. Now coming back, a guy who does have four years of experience with Matthew Stafford in Detroit and a few more years with the New Orleans Saints, a dominant guard in his time. You look at another center option in Alex Mack, who was not cut, so he would count against the comp pick formula. And then I mentioned Austin Blythe as a name to still look out for, and What's funny about that is that entire list right there that I mentioned, there are a combined 21 Pro Bowls on that list. That goes to show you just how dominant that interior offensive line class is in free agency right now. And that's why I kind of hope the Rams are willing to sort of dip their toes into this class. Maybe they didn't have the intention to, maybe they had different ideas, but just looking at how many options there are going to be, I think the Rams have to be wise and at least start to call around and see if they can get that offensive line a little bit more solidified, maybe add one name, two names, whatever the case may be, to a team that had a decent offensive line last year but still has plenty of room for improvement and could make Matthew Stafford's job as well as Cam Akers' job a lot easier going into next season. Now, looking at the defensive side of the ball, there are still a handful of names that I think I like. I don't think the Rams are going to do all too much on this side of the ball, to be quite honest with you. But another name, edge rusher, Melvin Ingram. I've talked about him many times on this podcast. I would love to see him added. You look at the second level of the defense, the linebackers. Patrick Owasso, still a name I like, but I don't think the Rams are going to be all too interested in adding a inside linebacker they just don't really value the position and ultimately I don't see all that many options at that spot and then moving into the secondary still again don't think the Rams are going to add any secondary members most likely no safeties I can't see that being an option for them but when you look at the corner market I think there is still a few of names that intrigue me on that market specifically if the Rams cannot get back Troy Hill that's going to obviously be the biggest question mark here but when you look at some names that are intriguing at that cornerback spot Guys like Casey Hayward, Justin Coleman, both players who were cut recently, and then some of these smaller named players or lesser known players, but still good performers. You look at guys like Brian Poole, Mackenzie Alexander, and Adoree Jackson, who was also just cut by the Tennessee Titans yesterday. A lot of pedigree in this group, a lot of talent, and a lot of names to look out for. And that is one of the positions that the Los Angeles Rams have had a pre-draft interview with. And we are going to talk about which player that is in the next segment. They did recently interview a cornerback as well 
well as an interior offensive lineman. And that kind of does fit the theme of what we're talking about here when it comes to their free agent class. And just a reminder, keep checking back in with us all week here at the Locked on Rams podcast for your off-season coverage of the Los Angeles Rams as we are in the free agency period. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. You just got to go ahead to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance this week, or are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. We are officially in the midweek of the NFL free agency period and officially in the first day of the new league year. So congrats to all you guys for making it this far. And I appreciate you guys for sticking around with me here at the Locked On Rams podcast. And we are going to dive into a few interesting names here that the Los Angeles Rams have recently had pre-draft Zoom meetings with. One name that you guys are probably pretty familiar with at this point in time and another that's a little bit more unique or not unique in terms of other teams, but at least in terms of what the Rams may need going into the draft and positions that we probably expect them to at least address. And I would say this one's a little bit out of left field, but the very first one is interior offensive lineman Quinn Miners out of Wisconsin Whitewater. The guy is a folklore legend at this point. He's got the rolled up shirt at the senior bowl. He had the gut out. They call him the gut. Actually, his teammates gave him the nickname, the gut. I mean, that is perfect for an offensive lineman. This is a guy who was at the senior bowl. He had a lot of snaps at both guard spots. The center spot had more pancake blocks than any other prospect there. An absolute mauler in the running game. A guy who I think is going to probably be drafted in that second to third round. According to the athletics Dane Brugler, he does expect Miners to actually get picked in the top 64 picks, so in the top two rounds. That would pretty much mean that the Rams have to grab Miners at the late second round with their pick if they do want a chance at adding him to the team. Now, I don't know where the team would view him best, maybe at the center spot, maybe at the guard spot, but Miners is obviously one name to look out for. This is their second pre-draft meeting with Miners on top of what they may have already done at the Senior Bowl. I don't think the Rams actually went to the Senior Bowl, so maybe they didn't even get a chance to necessarily interview him there, but new offensive line coach Kevin Carberry seems to be very infatuated with Miners And I can't knock him for that. There have been an influx of guards and interior offensive linemen coming in from small schools over the past few drafts and having immediate success. We've seen actually two Super Bowl winners, both on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, guys like Ali Marpet and Alex Kappa. And then another one, Ben Barch with the, I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars. I can't remember specifically where he got drafted last year, but I believe it was the Jaguars as well. So Miners is a guy that has a lot of power. I think at this point, he's firmly on the Rams' radar. We have to look at that. And ironically enough, that does match up with some of the free agent positions, specifically the names I was talking about in the last segment. I mentioned a handful of centers as well as what felt like a whole list of guards. So 
Miner just plays both of those spots. Maybe that's just a spot that the Rams really want to upgrade going into next year. The other name that the Rams did have a pre-draft interview with, and this one was a little bit more unique, was cornerback Asante Samuel Jr., If you think that name sounds familiar, it's probably because it does. If you recall, his dad used to play in the NFL. He was like a multiple-time Pro Bowler, a potential Hall of Fame caliber player. He's actually waiting to try and get into the Hall of Fame right now. A former New England Patriot, Atlanta Falcon, Philadelphia Eagle, one of the all-time great instinctual corners to ever play in the NFL. He was Janoris Jenkins before Janoris Jenkins. This dude was a baller, so... Samuel obviously has the bloodline, the NFL bloodline, his dad, a potentially legendary Hall of Fame type of corner. So very cool to see him following in his dad's footsteps. But this was a guy who played at the Florida State Seminoles football team, three years of production there, 2018 through 2020. And ironically enough, according to Lance Zerline of NFL.com, he actually has him comped to Mackenzie Alexander. And if you recall, A few minutes ago in the last segment, I did mention Alexander as a potential addition to the Rams if they do lose Troy Hill. So that's kind of funny how that works. And I think Samuel would be a decent addition to the Rams roster, specifically in that nickel spot. He's a guy who can move well. He's very physical. You know, I expect him to be able to play very tight and good zone coverage in the next level. That's something that the Rams want out of their corners. That's something that they do more often than anybody in the NFL. And this does kind of symbolize another idea that, you know, if the Rams do lose Troy Hill or if they ultimately just move on from him in terms of not really wanting to pay that position, that they're not going to put their secondary aside. They already lost John Johnson. They may lose Troy Hill. They did tender and pretty much have Darius Williams returning. They still got Jalen Ramsey at that spot, but we've seen them prioritize the secondary, specifically the cornerback spot over the last handful of years. We've seen so many guys come in through the doors. They traded for Marcus Peters. They traded for Aqib Talib. They drafted Janoris Jenkins high, Trumaine Johnson high. They also tagged Trumaine Johnson twice. They drafted LaMarcus Joyner very high, who was formerly a slot corner and then moved to safety. And now they obviously traded a boatload and paid Jalen Ramsey and also slapped that first round tender on Williams. So clearly a position that they value. They understand positional value at that cornerback spot. And kudos to them for that because ultimately you win games by throwing the ball and by stopping people from throwing the ball in the NFL today. And I do believe that cornerback is a spot that we have to look out for maybe in the second round in the NFL draft, maybe in the third round. I'm not really sure at what time the Rams are going to be interested in potentially adding to that room. But I do think that there is a very good chance that Samuel could be one of the names that we look out for. And not only that, but some of the other cornerbacks that are coming up in this draft that the Rams could ultimately find one of these guys that they very much like, that they are infatuated with, and that they add to the roster moving into 2021. That is all we've got for you guys on this midweek episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening to another episode here and tuning in once again. And make sure to keep coming back and tuning back in because we're going to continue to give you guys the lowdown and all the updates as they relate to the Los Angeles Rams throughout the rest of the offseason. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QBsMEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.